It all comes down to this role. Roy Munson, a man-child, with a dream to topple bowling giant Ernie McCracken. If he strikes, he's the 1979 Odor Eaters champion. He's got one foot in the frying pan and one in the pressure cooker. Believe me, as a bowler, I know that right about now, your bladder feels like an overstuffed vacuum cleaner bag, and your butt is kind of like an about-to-explode bratwurst. Hey, do you mind? I wasn't talking when you were bowling. Was I talking out loud? Was I? Sorry. Good luck. Get ready! Woo! We are tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive! This is the Cutline Podcast. Your host, Michael Cavalunis. U.S. Open is over. Nice win by Maddie Fitz. But we're here to break down the Travelers at TPC River Highlands. Yeah, the show's a little bit late this week. But guess what? You kind of look out because we get an updated slate, updated ownership, updated breakdown. Not so much a preview, but more of like an in-depth look at what I think are some ideal plays, ideal matchups just based on ownership, based on my model. So... It's pretty fun, but TBC River Highlands, the course is easy, right? Wrong. It's got to be actually pretty difficult. So it's fun to see this after a major. But first, hello Canada, hello USA, hello England, UK, you know, that whole area in Europe. Hello Australia, hello the lower 48. We almost got all of you, but so what? We'll consider all of you. Now, if you are new to the show and you haven't listened to the cut line, Kick those old douches to the curb. It's time you got a nice douche. Where have you been? And if you're coming back... What is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? I guess it's all that pumping. Pump and dump. Welcome back. I'm Mike Kevlunas at Lunas on Twitter. The Travelers is here. We're going to do a special show for you. And make sure that you guys check out CutlineGolf.com for all your betting and DFS news. We have our core four foreplay out tonight. Now we're going to bring you DraftKings analysis of the Travelers Championship, and we're going to do the best we can. Fuck you! Donuts are awesome! They're delicious. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. Matt Damon! But please, please, no sexting or texting. Weirdos. And the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lined up in the green, but you are smashing and cashing come Sunday. Cut line is here to give you our plays, our favorite plays for this week. You don't want to play them? Don't. You want to play them? Play them. This week, though, looking at ownership, I'm going to go to Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. If you are not subscribed, easy fix. Go to FanshareSports.com and the discount code, write the word cut line, and you'll receive 20% off your monthly membership. Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. Now, I thought about going over the course report uh, in today's show, but the truth is, if 
you haven't read mine, you haven't read the endless amount of course reports out there, don't anticipate to do well this weekend. But I am going to go over some nuggets and tidbits. There's no skill set here at TBC River Highlands that has more predominant success than the other. So if you want to attack Bombers, by all means, go ahead. You want to attack Wedge players, by all means, do it. Um, but you do need to have accuracy off the tee to win here. Being in the fairway is a strong measurement of success. The two par fives are probably the easiest scoring opportunities. Of course, the drivable par four. And no matter what stats you're looking at, ball striking, ball striking, ball striking is the way I'm going to look at it. Um, waiting course history this week will be beneficial. Total driveway and fairways gain will be more accurate in the breakdown if you want to consider this week like the shorter courses that we are looking at. And now the lowest round ever at TPC River Highlands is the record-setting 58 scored by Jim Furyk in 2016. Did someone say strokes gain old? Uh, 15 through 18? Might be some of the most fantastic finishing holes in terms of risk versus reward. And of course... Most approach shots will land between that 125 to 175 yard range. You can see that in the approach shot distribution at, court, at cutlinegolf.com. Looking ahead at the weather, Thursday, that AM wave doesn't start as windy as the PM wave, but they don't get like much of a break. The wind's going to get there by like 8.30, 9 o'clock. And then Friday, it just kind of stays pretty constant. And then Saturday and Sunday, it really doesn't matter. If you've got 6-6 six six through, you got a shot. Past winners, Harris English, DJ, Ches Reeby, uh, Bubba Watson, Jordan Spieth, Knox, Streelman, Ken Duke, and Mark Leishman. Key stats I'm looking at, ball striking, strokes gain approach, tee to green game, greens regulation, fairways gained, and total driving on short courses, wedge players, and strokes gained around the green. Courses I correlate with this, Sawgrass, Harbortown, Eastlake, TPC Potomac, and Innisbrook Resort. TPC Sawgrass little hesitant on that. Different green surfaces, um, a lot of different characteristics, but I do like the fact that you got to be good to, by hitting the fairway in order to score. So looking at success there is kind of a predominant feature for adding that to uh, the course report. But the question is, who are we going to play this weekend? These two putts from victory. Only needs one. Got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. This is the Cutline's Birdie or Better segment. We break down each tier of DraftKings pricing. They look for your best plays, winning plays, smashing plays for this weekend's travelers. But we're going to start, as we have for the last few weeks, with our putting model. And what we're looking for here is players that can light it up on bent grass greens, but are not necessarily popping in our overall stat and aggregate models. Um, the first name that comes comes to mind is Cameron Davis. He ranks number one in the putting model, yet only ranks 47th in the overall stat model. Surprisingly, his ownership is still pretty high for a $7,500 guy. He's almost 10% on fan share sports, so that's something to consider. Danny McCarthy, not popping the overall stat model, but is popping in the putting model. Brandon Todd. I know Todd's getting a lot of like love here this week, but that kind of like makes me hesitant to roster a guy that's coming in at 13 14%. He's not popping into my models, and I get it. He's been playing way better on approach in terms of recent form, and, and historically, he's not bad. But with Brendan Todd, like, can hit fairways, but I don't know. I, I'm not totally sold on Todd here. When you look at, like, 
past, you know, 30th and 11th, I get that. But at 13%, 14%, if that goes up in number, I could see this being a fade for me. It's Right now it's not because it's just not high enough, but it's kind of a game theory idea. The RBC Canadian Open where he finished 13th and then the Schwab where he finished third, that's all inspiring to me too. But I just think a lot of people are talking about Todd to where maybe that projection's a little bit low and it might come up just a bit higher in some of those single entries, some of those three max contests, so be careful there. Uh, three guys next I want to mention. Harris English, Sneds, and Wyndham Clark. And Mac Hughes kind of fits that model where he's not going to pop in your overall stat model and trends, but he is able to put Stuart Sink. Um, Austin Cook. Austin Cook is a name that people are not going to play, um, but this is a guy who just finished 13th at the RBC Canadian Open you know, after missing a ton of cuts. So um, can he find it again? Maybe. I wouldn't bank on it. And then, of course, JT Poston, who we've constantly been on as a putter. I mean, look at you. Po- look at Poston. Like, miscut, ninth, miscut, 37th, miscut. We go back even further, you know, third at the RBC Heritage, 41st at the Valero, miscut, miscut, 42nd, 23rd, 25th, 42nd. So when Poston makes cuts, he pays off for DK-wise. So... Uh, if you want to be risky, most definitely throw them into your three max single entry lineups and you could take advantage of that. So uh, coming down more guys, Troy Merritt, Malnati, Lahiri. Remember, guys, these are all putters that they put well on, on, on these greens, but there are major flaws in their game. So they're high risk plays. You know, we are going to anticipate some missed cuts. I mean, I got Lahiri missing the cut over 50 percent of the time. Austin Cook over 65 percent of the time. Um So Harris English, you know, Harris English missing this cut is at 47%. Sned, 64%. So it's not like, okay, these are locks. Let's roster them, you know, and put them everywhere in our lineups. Be be mindful of that. All right, so let's go to that top tier. And remember, we lost Brooks Kepka, We lost JT. So that leaves us with Xander, Cantlay, Burns, Rory, and Scheffler. The key piece here is where is ownership going to go, and it's going to McElroy, it's going to Cantlay. Uh, I know I've heard tons of talk about Cantlay coming out to win. I know a lot of guys out there are either happy or just distraught about this because you either love or hate Patrick Cantlay, and the ownership's going to reflect that in DFS. He ranks seventh in my overall stat model, third in my aggregate model, and 28th in my putting model, but surprisingly enough, According to Fanshare, 14% Sam Burns, who for me ranks number one in my overall stat model, ranks number one in my aggregate model, number four in my confidence model, can putt like fucking crazy, is a dialed-in ball striker, right? Ranks fifth in the field, first in approach. I I don't understand the issue here. Why? Because he's 30th around the green and not in the top 10? Course history says play me, 13th, 24th, 43rd. And I get it, Cantley. Four straight top 20 finishes. Right? Rory, he's got three uh three three the three of the last five years he's played here. Top 20. It makes sense. But if you're just gonna ignore Sam Burns, who's at a reduced price compared to McElroy, I don't know. I'm not buying it. Especially after a 27th place at the US Open. I get it, Cantley 14th. Rory, back during that top five, looked great at the RBC Canadian Open. Like, you're talking about a few strokes here or there on a super hard course, and ownership's going to punish Sam Burns for that. 
It's three-time winner at Sam Burns, by the way. X, man, I don't know what to do with X. Can he win? I don't know. Like, it, it's like he's he's everyone's favorite guy you want to play. Like, he can score. He's second in my scoring model, third in my approach model, 14th in hitting my fairway model. Like, you look at all the metrics on, on PGA for this year, he ranks in the top 30 for it all. Like, third in strokes gained tee to green, 23rd off the tee. You look at his course history here, 20th in 2020, missed cut in 2018, 14th in 2017, just had a 14th place at the U.S. Open, 18th place at the Memorial, 13th place at the PGA Championship, AT&T Byron Nelson. It kind of makes sense to me that if you're going to go stars and scrubs and try to fit two 10K guys in, which is going to be tough. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, that's hard to do. I would rather go Burns and X than I would Rory and Cantlay. Like, you get the ownership differential. And, and don't get me wrong. It's it's not like Xander's ownership is that much different than Cantlay and Rory. He's coming in a shade under 20%. But I, I just think that's the way to go, depending on your contest selection. If you're going to... <clears throat> you know, kind of go that route, it, it's going to give you some leverage because I don't think a lot of people are building up Stars and Scrubs lineups this week. It's just that, that strong of a field. <clears throat> and if you do roster Burns and Xander, you're looking at 7,400 left in salary. So something to consider. Last guy, Scheffler. I mean, how can you argue against Scotty Scheffler? The guy's been amazing all year. It is most definitely player of the year candidate uh potential to win you know east lake and that 15 million dollars suck it you know live tour with that one but um you know if you've got to worry about something with scheffler it's hitting fairways that fairway percentage and you know the inability to scramble but let's be realistic second at the u.s open 18th at the rbc canada people faded him because they were looking at like jt and everything like that eleven thousand two hundred dollars that's that's a lot but i think it's well worth the play Going to the 9K range, I'm going to tell you right now, my favorite play is Sun JM. Missing the cut by a stroke last week, and, and we've seen it at every tough U.S. Open. Every stroke matters. He missed it by a stroke. He missed it on the number. Going right back to him after being the chalk. You know, various results here, 58th, 21st, but he just fits so well in my model. He ranks fifth overall, fifth in my aggregate model. He ranks sixth in my confidence model. And his ownership's only at like 13%. You know, people are leaning towards Spieth. People are leaning towards Neiman, which I think is a mistake. I really do. I think going back to Sung Jae here, he's got the morning draw. We always know mornings are a little bit easier to get going in that first round. Um, people are looking at like Finau or Keegan Bradley. Um, there's a lot of even dispersion of numbers here in this 9K range. With the lone exception being Tommy Fleetwood and HV3. People think HV3 is a little bit overpriced. And um, it's interesting to say because, you know, he missed the, the cut at the U.S. Open due to injury. Um, he hasn't been able to practice. So I'm going to bet him again to miss the cut. Not that I hate HV3 here. Not that I don't think he can play. It's just that he wasn't able to practice. He wasn't able to like really get out on the greens and, and get to the driving range. I'm sure he has this week. He's probably feeling a little bit better. Um, if I get any inside info on that, I'll let you guys know, but, uh, not something that I'm going to buy into 
Tommy Fleetwood, no interest. I haven't had interest all year. I'm not going to change my opinion now. If he burns me, he burns me. So that like leaves us with like Seamus Power, who right now is becoming like the talk of town on Twitter, on these shows that are producing now. The guy sucks at putting. So like he's going to need a hot putter to finish top 10. And at 9,100, you're going to need a lot of that. He's not the best approach player. He's 61st in, in the field or 65th in the field. But people are looking at that 19th finish last year. And they're looking at the 12th place finish the U.S. Open. So a lot of people, I think, are really weighing that recent form. Hence, you're getting the lower ownership on Finau. You're getting the lower ownership on like someone like Sung Im, And you're getting the lower ownership on H3 because of the miscut last weekend. That's an anomaly, right? Like, that course was impossible. If you left a stroke out there anywhere, it could have cost you a double bogey on a hole. Um, like we saw Camp Smith early in, in round one. Shank a shot to the right, flub a chip shot, and and like thank God he made the putt because he would have double bogeyed right away and that would have been a terrible way to start your round. But U.S. Open's a different beast. I'm not going to hold it against those guys that missed the cut last weekend. I'm going to play the guys I like, especially long-term-wise. Aaron Wise heading back to him. People still refuse to go back to him. Ownership is low. We're looking at about 14%. Going to go back to him. Davis, Riley, Mito are guys here in this AK range that are also getting a lot of popularity, popping in everyone's models. Um, the thing I don't like about Mito and Riley is that they haven't played here. And there is some relevancy to course history, right? Like you look at Harmon, who's just below these guys. Fifth, miscut. Eighth, sixth, 35th. Um, you look at someone like Leishman. Third, 58th, 21st, 17th. So like three top 25 place finishes Danny McCarthy 73rd withdraw miscut 47th never is done well for some reason pretty popular then you look at someone like Jason Day 10th 46th 8th 12th miscut um co-crack miscut 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 26th course history is pretty relevant here it, it's hard for me to throw all my eggs in one basket on someone like Davis Riley especially on someone like Mito Mito's coming in at like 18 percent 17 18 percent so Mito might end up being a can't do it. He does fit the course. Like, don't get me wrong. He does, but um, I don't like the fact that he hasn't seen it. It, it. The course is not easy, right? It'd be different if he were coming here in a little bit better form. Maybe if I didn't play him last week. Uh, we kind of touched about Harmon, but Webb Simpson is most definitely somebody I like. And Webb and below is where you're going to get your ownership leverage in this 8K range. So like someone like Keith Mitchell... Uh, McCarthy, McCarthy going back to Jason Day, who no one wants to play, and I don't understand why. I I get it, the injury risk, everything else that's going on, but the guy loves playing here, and typically when a guy loves playing somewhere, we roster him. Don't see what the issue is. People are hesitant on Webb Simpson. I don't know why. He's played good enough since coming back. Everyone's going to be critical of the U.S. Open. Fine, you want to be critical on one of the harder courses, but... 27th at the Schwab, 20th at the PGA Championship. Like, if you're going to tell me that Webb Simpson isn't an option here, then it's kind of ridiculous. Eighth in 2017, missed the cut in 2018, haven't seen him here since. Um, but then you look at someone like Jason Day, why wouldn't you buy into that course history? Like, especially at this price at $8,100, you get him in the top 10, that's a steal. It's a freaking steal. Long term putting, fantastic. You want to be questionable about his recent form? Fine. You know, like that, I guess, is a valid argument. But it really hasn't been that bad. 
15th, 51st, 55th, and 35th, 31st. So I get it. You worry about Jason Day. You worry about maybe the back, something flaring up. It's burned you in the past. You can't play it like that. you got to play the best plays. I think he's a solid option. Going to the 7K range, one of the big names that is getting talked about a lot is Bez. Um, it's weird. He's talked about a lot. We got him projected in ownership at sub 10%. I wouldn't be surprised that come single entry time, three max time, depending on if you enter those contests where guys talk him up, that his ownership won't come in a little bit higher. So be cautious on that. An MME, 20 max, 150 max, it won't be that much. Again, as we kind of, again, like the aforementioned um, Mito and, and Davis Riley, hasn't played here, right? But you can go to Brendan Todd right above, getting pretty popularity, 30th and 11th. People love Todd this week. Um, I think uh, I think it was like, I don't remember, who, Tour Junkie, someone loves Brendan Todd. Um, and, and Vegas likes him too, right? They got him 80 to 1, which is 27th overall. Lee Aldrich's course suitability metrics got him 44th. So there's a lot of a lot of plays there. His course history says 29th in, in terms of like DraftKings projection. I got him projected at 37th overall. Um, but then you got him like down in this lower 7K range with God, there's so many plays in here that that just people are going to fade and, and not roster. Like people are gonna think Joel Dahman can't go back to back weeks, so you know they're not gonna roster him. Um, and then They'd rather roster someone like Brennan Steele, who, don't get me wrong, opened up at 66-1. to 1. I think he's a high-risk play if if you're going to roster him. The stats measure up, but Vegas doesn't think so. He's a volatile GPP play. And with those type of plays, getting that type of ownership, I tend to fade those guys. Because if you look at his course history here at the Travelers, 14th, miscut, 21st, 6th, miscut. Steele is an interesting play. Recent form is fantastic. Like he ranks ninth, eighth, or ninth, seventh, and fifteenth in the last twelve, eight, and four rounds. Um, historically, though, in the top forty on approach, can hit fairways. You worry about that putter. If he misses putts, he's going to cost you. Teeing off in the afternoon. If you're into that, Harris English sub five percent. I'm surprised. I really think it's going to come down to the fact that. People just don't think players can win back-to-back. And his course history, other than his win, not so hot. So I, I get the fate of Harris English. But Siwoo Kim getting a lot of love. KH Lee not getting enough love. We know he's a TPC killer. Cam Davis, near 10%. Tringale, I like. I'm most definitely going to go back to him here when people are probably going to try to get sneaky and go Vegas. Um, but the one guy I really love is Tom Hogue. The guy won at Pebble, right? And... There's a lot of similarities with the small greens. Got to hit the fairways, be dialed in on approach. And he might be a foreplay for me this weekend. We'll see this week, this night, this evening when I, when I post. But um, guy's a grinder. I see how many will argue he just doesn't fit this course. You know, he has a hard time hitting fairways. He doesn't have the distance. But the guy can dial it on approach. The guy can avoid bogeys. And he can score. So I'll take Hogue here, even with the course history being quite suspect. 66th, 37th, 80th, miscut, and a 35th. Uh, keep going down. 
CT pan, always an option, but three missed cuts in the last five years. And this is like kind of like where you get that dead space. Like, are people going to go to Chez and Streelman? Right now, ownership says no. And the rationale is that, like, okay, well, what have you done for me lately between the two of them since the Wells Fargo? Three made cuts, five missed cuts between the two of them, and only one top 20 finish, and that was Chez at the Wells Fargo. So, yeah, high roller plays in terms of like big MME type plays. The course history is there. We got to win a second, another top 20 with Streelman back in 2019. But people miss cuts here. It's a hard course. Understand that. Um, so, got no option. Uh, got no. I got no desire to play Cam Champ or Naismith. And then, like, some looking at someone like Merritt or Sepstraka. This is like kind of like where you look at putters. Like, can they turn on the rest of their game for four rounds? I don't hate Sep. I guess as much as I I would hate Troy Merritt. But Merritt would have to putt for four straight rounds. Um, we know he's like a questionable ball striker, questionable on approach. Um, does have a top 10 finish here, so he's a high-risk play, but he also has a missed cut. And then you look at Seb Straka, he's kind of similar with that hit-or-miss type option. 10th place finish in 2021, but he preceded that with two missed cuts. So um, kind of an option there. I joke about Doug Gim. I actually think he kind of fits this course regardless of his course history. Um, I'm done with the Fowler experiment. For those of you who will remember me talking about playing Ricky Fowler when you can, the game will come back, the game will come back. I'm just done with it. Like, he can't even get on to the other tour now because he's not the money-making draw, right? Um, So, suspect at best. Now you look at someone like Gim and Creo, like, you got to know what you're getting. Like, Creo's not going to make putts. And it's gonna like just drive you absolutely batty. JJ Spawn, Dylan Fratelli, like they're kind of in that Goldilocks zone of my overall stat, stat model, but they miss putts too. And you're talking about three straight missed cuts for Fratelli. He doesn't like playing here. Adam Long had two made cuts and then a missed cut. Like kind of look into this stuff in a deeper dive, and and you can just kind of see the trends in the course history and how it correlates to how players play. Um, so these are options that. I guess I have some interest in. Maybe not JJ Spawn as much. I got him to miss the cut 55% of the time. Ricky's a coin flip, by the way. Should go back to that. Uh, guy like Fratelli, 53%. So when I get down to the 7K range and my projections are showing me like a really high cut percentage, I tend to shy away. Um, but I do also look at like my top 10 percentage simulation. Like someone like Adam Long. Sure, he might miss the cut 46% of the time, but nearly 10% of the time he might sneak into that top 10. Look at someone like Doug Gim, same difference. Um, not that he necessarily fits this course. So um, going to that 6K range, again, this is like if you're going stars and scrubs, I get coming down here and trying to play these guys. Uh, Lucas Glover, I don't often play the glove, but he's projecting pretty high on my model right now. Uh, so... N- the thing is, it's, it's he, he's made three straight cuts. Now, he hasn't done enough to be in an optimal lineup, but he's an option. John Huh, huh. 12th and 25th, and recently 25th at the RBC Can- Can- uh, Canada. 
Svensson, 21st. So many people have forgotten about him coming into this tournament. And then you look, he has one miscut in 2019. But again, this, this is a young golfer whose game's trying to grow. Terrible scrambler, though. So, like, this is what you're going to play with down here. Like, why wouldn't you just then head over to Laird um, and Knox, who don't have the distance, but they most definitely have the driving accuracy. If Knox is missing fairways, forget about it. He's going to miss the cut. But if he's not, he has potential for a top 25 finish, right? Same with Party Marty. Uh, you can run into those kind of scenarios and situations. That's why we're talking about guys like Lucas Glover and John Huh. If we go down to like Kramer Hickok and, and someone like Callum Terran, these are guys that hit fairways that I like. And you're just hoping they dial it in on approach just for four rounds. Um, you can even go to someone like Tyler Duncan, though I think he is going to get some ownership because of where he ranks in those stats for uh, the PGA. Jim Herman, someone like Paul Barjan, Seth Reeves, if you're coming down here in the 6,100 range. These are guys that you can most definitely roster. I'm going to avoid the guys I, I just have no interest in. And like if they have nothing, like you could go to like a Sung Kang, but like you're just banking on the lottery at that point. Same with like a Jim Herman. It's a lottery play. If you got to come down here for cash, I just think you're building cash lineup wrong. But I don't know. That's it. Let's take it home. Let's go. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the Travelers. Join us next week as we break down the JDC at the John Deere Classic. TPC Deer Run, another TPC course. Special thanks to Fanshare Sports. Thanks for sponsoring the show. Give a shout out to Golf Goons. And uh, catch you next week. Smash the cash, boys.